drug authors and was once one of a period of 1,600 years. Job is considered to be the oldest in the Bible, while the book of Revelation is the youngest, written in 95 AD. The longest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. The shortest is 2 John, with only 13 verses in the entire book. The Bible has been translated into roughly 2,018 different languages and is the world's best-selling book. Consequently, it is also the world's most shoplifted book. Dogs are mentioned 14 times in the Bible and lions 55 times, but cats are not mentioned at all. The Bible contains scientific information that was years ahead of its time. The book of Job describes the earth as a suspended ball, despite everyone else on earth at the time believing the earth was flat. 50 Bibles are created every minute, and roughly 6 billion Bibles exist in circulation. Enough for every man, woman and child to potentially have their very own copy. Alright, alright. Well, hey, it's great to see everybody today. Uh, let's pray, and we're just going to jump right in. We're just going to jump right in today, alright? Let's pray. Father, I pray, God, right now, I pray that Jesus, you would... Just speak to our hearts, God. I pray that right now you would just remove any obstacles, any barriers, any walls that we've built up in our heart. And Jesus, that we would just be able to really hear from you today, God. That's what we want. That's why we came here. We didn't come for just some service or, or an hour just because we can check it off the to-do list after we're done, Jesus. We came for, for something significant, and there's nothing more significant than meeting with you. And so, so, Jesus, I pray that you would come, and I thank you for what you're going to do. It's going to be a big day for a lot of people in the room. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, hey, I'm so excited that you guys are here today with us uh, on today. Today we are wrapping up the series that we've been in for the past six weeks called 40 Days in the Word. And what we've done uh, throughout this series in your life groups, this is what you've been going through if you've been in a life group, what we've been doing on Sunday morning, is every week we just ask different questions about the Bible. Just asking different questions about the Bible, trying to understand the Bible. And so we've talked about, can you trust the Bible? Who or not? And so we've talked about, why should you build your life on the Bible? We talked last week about, how can you understand the Bible? I mean, there's a, just a lot of stuff in here that just doesn't make sense a lot of times. So how can, how can you understand it? How can you make sense of it. And so maybe if it's your first time with us today and you want to check any of those out, you can always go to our website, summithazard.com, and you can download any of uh, the sermons in this series or, or really any of the sermons we've ever done and, uh, and just listen to them, download, subscribe to the podcast. But you might want to go check that out. Uh, but today, today we're wrapping this up. Uh, and when, the question we want to answer today, the question that I want us to answer today is how can you use the Bible in your daily life? How can you use the Bible Monday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday night? How can you use the Bible in your daily life? And so maybe you're hearing that question. Maybe you're hearing that, oh, that's what he's talking about today. And, and you think you already know maybe what the sermon is going to be about. Uh, and you're wrong. Okay? Uh, maybe you're here and you're thinking that. Oh, he's going to talk about uh, how you can use the Bible every day. So he's going to tell me why I need to read it every day. So today's sermon is about reading the Bible every day. Today's sermon is not about reading the Bible every day, okay? Now listen, that's important. I'm pro-reading the Bible every day. In fact, that's one of our goals in 40 Days in the Word is to try to get you in that habit. 
And in fact, if, you, uh, if, you, if you're still struggling with just getting in a consistent pattern of spending time with God every single day, I'll tell you something that we've got there in the back of the auditorium at our next step area, and we put them out on every table this morning. We've got a green book. It's called Seek First. Gives you something to do every day in the Bible for about two or three minutes. Those are free. And if you want one of those, you take them. No questions asked today, all right? It's going to be really good to help you get into the Bible every day, but today that's not what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, today, uh, what I want to do, and I've been so excited, man, that, that we're going to wrap this up today with this uh, message. Um, today, what I want to do, today, I want to teach you how to talk to yourself, okay? Today, I want to teach you how to talk to yourself, all right? Some of you already know people that are doing this, and they're great at it. You would call them crazy. Don't look at them, all right? It'll just be awkward if you look at them right now. But, but today, I want to teach you how to talk to yourself, um, and, and I, I, don't know if you, if, I don't know if you think about it uh, or not. Let's start out this way. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. Um, do you realize that we are always talking to ourselves? Do you realize this? Have you thought of this is true? I mean, virtually, from the moment that you wake up in the morning to the time that you go to bed at night, you are talking to yourself. Would you admit that's true? Right? The alarm goes off, and you, all of a sudden you say to yourself, Oh, is it that time already? Oh, I don't want to go to work today. Oh, I don't want to go to school. And you just begin to talk to yourself. Finally, somehow, you get the motivation. Get out of bed. You go and you look in the mirror, and you look in the mirror, and you look at yourself, and you say to yourself, what happened last night? Somebody must have just come in and beat me up, and I didn't know. And, and you just, you try, you assess the damage, and you try to fix the damage, and for some of you, it's just not working. Um, but you, you, you try to make necessary adjustments, and, and then you go and you look in your closet, and you say to yourself, what am I going to wear today? You pick something out, you leave for work, church, school, you see what other people pick to wear today, and you say to yourself, I can't believe you picked that, my goodness. Um, but it's, it's just on and on, right? Never stops. It, it never stops, just constant talking to ourselves. And see, it would, be, it would be okay, it would be fine if it stayed there. It would be okay if it just stayed, you know, like at the mundane, non-essential level of your life. If it just stayed there, then it would be perfectly fine. But you and I both know it never does, does it? You, you and I both know that that inner dialogue, that inner conversation, it never stays right there, does it? Because for some people, maybe you're here in the room today, the alarm went off this morning and your first thought was what you said to yourself as soon as the alarm went off, somebody said to yourself, again, maybe you're here, you thought this thought, you said this to yourself, I wish I was dead. I hate my life. You know what? Everybody in my life, my li they would be better, their lives would be better if I were dead. It's just this kind of inner dialogue over and over. I wish I was as athletic as that guy. I wish I was as smart as that person. I wish I was prettier. I wish I was more attractive. I wish I was more popular. I wish I had a better job. The job I have, it's not going anywhere. Anybody could have this job. I'm a loser. I'm stupid. It just goes on and on and on. God doesn't love me. God's never going to forgive me for that. You know, that thing that you did years and years ago, and it just keeps coming back to your mind, back to your mind, back to your mind, and that inner dialogue just says, God's never going to forgive you for that. Never going to let that one go. God's never going to use my life in a significant way. Maybe you're at church, you've heard me preach, you hear other people preach about how God wants to use your life. He's got a purpose for your life, and the inner dialogue says, not me. Everybody but me. 
and on and on and on and you're just talking and you're talking and you're talking and you're listening. And listen, some of you, some of you, some of the biggest problems that you have in your life, you have those problems because all you do is listen to yourself. That inner dialogue, you're just filled with fear. It's like your address, that's where you live. You're just filled with thoughts of depression and, and anxiety and, and insecurity. It's just this inner dialogue, and, and, and all you do is you just listen. Some of the biggest problems you have in your life, you have those problems because all you do is listen to yourself. And see, see really your options, your options are you could either listen to yourself, you could listen to the lies that you tell yourself, you could listen to the lies that the devil tells you about yourself, or you could speak to yourself. You could speak to yourself the truth about what God says about you. You could speak to yourself the truth about what God says about your situation. So you can either listen to yourself or you can speak to yourself. And so today, I want to teach you how to talk to yourself. And, and, re and really when I say that I want to teach you how to talk to yourself, that's really doesn't do it, that really doesn't do it any justice at all because really what I want to do, I want to teach you how to preach to yourself. So, so everybody in here, you get ordained to be a preacher today, all right? You're going to become a preacher today because I want to teach you how to preach to yourself because listen to me, you need to know this. You need to be, this is for everybody in the room, you need to be the best preacher that you know. You. You need to be the best preacher that you know because you know your heart better than anybody. You know how the struggle and the fight looks in your life better than any preacher that you're ever going to listen to. And so you need to be the best preacher that you know. And so, so today, I want to teach you, I want to teach me how to, how to preach to ourselves. And really what we're going to do today, we're going to look at three areas that you and I need to preach to ourselves every day. So you're going to need this tonight. You're going to need this Tomorrow, as long as you've got breath in your lungs and you've got a pulse, you are going to need what we're talking about today, okay? So, so this is a big deal. So if you don't take notes, if you're just now checking in, if you're playing Angry Birds, can you take a couple of seconds break? Uh, you you want to listen to today because this is going to be a big deal for your life, all right? And, and what, what, what I want to do, I want us to look at this, how to preach to yourself from Psalm 42. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to open up to Psalm 42. Okay, now if you have a Bible, now listen to me. If you have a Bible, this is your time to open that bad boy up. Just open it up right in the middle. Psalm is the biggest book in the Bible. If you open it up in the middle, you're going to hit it. So just turn to Psalm 42. All right, now, now you know that the words are going to be up on the screen behind me. In fact, they're already there, aren't they? They're already there. Are they not? They're already I don't even need to look. I know they're there. But if you have a Bible, open it up, okay? Because I want you to know how to use your Bible, okay? Psalm 42, that's there for people who might have forgotten the Bible, they don't own a Bible. If that's you, if you don't own a Bible, we've got free Bibles in the back. You take those today, okay? But Psalm 42 is where we're going to be. And here's why we're in Psalm 42. Because Psalm 42 is a guy talking to himself. Psalm 42 is a guy, we don't know his circumstances, but what we do know is he's got trouble outside of him and he's got trouble inside of him. 
You're going to see it in just a second when we read this. He's got trouble outside of him because something happened along the way to his life and, and he, can't, he can't go to church anymore like what you're doing right now. He can't be with God's people. He wants to worship God with everybody else that loves God. Something's happened in his life and now he's isolated. He's cut off from family, friends, and there are people who know this guy loves God and they're looking at him and they're making fun of him for it. They're looking at him and they're saying, Hey, where's your God? You, you talk about how God is faithful, man. It looks like your life's a wreck. You talk about how God is good, but it looks like all He does is treat you like dirt. Where is your God? So he's got trouble outside of him. But then he's also got trouble inside of him. Because what you're going to see in just a second when we read Psalm 42, Psalm 42 is written by a man that is fighting depression. You ever been there? You ever know somebody that's been there? Fighting depression. But the key word in that phrase that I want you to take note of is the word fighting. He, he's not a slave to depression. He doesn't give in to it. He's trying to fight it with everything that he's got. And so what he does is he begins to talk to himself. So let's read Psalm 42, okay? Psalm 42, like I said, huh, told you, up on the screen. All right. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Watch this next phrase. Some of you can relate to this. My tears have been my food. See that? Some of you get that, right? My tears have been my food. This is a dark place to be day and night. While they say to me, here's his adversaries, people making fun of him, they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember. Underline that if you've got your own Bible. We're coming back to that. As I pour out my soul. Watch this. So he's remembering where he used to be. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. Remembering how he used to worship with God's people. Tons of people. And they would go and they'd worship God together. How, I remember how I would go with the throng. Thousands of people. And lead them in procession to the house of God. Watch this next phrase. With glad shouts and songs of praise. Stop right there. Did you know you can do that in church? Did you know you can shout and sing and get happy in church? Did you know this? Did you know this? Some of you are thinking about it. You should say, yes, I knew this, because you should know that. You can get, you can get pumped. Listen, you know what? Uh, I, if, you, if you come to Summit for five seconds, you'll probably pick up on the fact that I stay pretty pumped. I stay pretty excited. And listen to me. Let me just tell you why. If your sins have ever been forgiven, there is nothing better than that, right? Listen. If, if Jesus is alive, man, there is nothing better than that. And so you can get happy, you can smile, you can shout and sing, right? Right? Some of you, man, some of you are like, man, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. Well, you should, you should tell your face. Um, all right. Tell you, send your face that message. Um, with glad shouts and songs of praise. Ding. Right? A multitude-keeping festival. Now watch this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Who's he talking to right there? He's talking to himself. He's talking to himself. Why are you cast down? Why are you in turmoil inside of me? Hope in God. He's telling himself to hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and from Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands His steadfast love, and at night His song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? 
Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with deadly wounds in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. I want to give you three areas this morning that you're going to need to constantly preach to yourself. Three areas you need to preach to yourself. The first area you need to preach to yourself, you need to preach to yourself all the times God has shown up in your life. Preach to yourself all the times that God has shown up in your life. And so, so here's this guy, we don't know who he is, we don't know a lot about his circumstances, but he's in such a dark place that he says, my tears have been my food. Man, it would be better probably if I were to die. I don't know if this is ever going to work out. My tears are my food. And so then all of a sudden, you come to verse 4, and he says, these things I remember. My tears are my food. Everybody's telling me God has left me. I don't know if this is ever going to work out, but I remember when it was working out. I remember when God was faithful. I remember every time that God showed up in my life when it looked like He wasn't going to show up. I remember every time God opened the door when it looked like the door was shut. I remember every time that God provided when it looked like that was the end. And because I can remember that and He showed up then, then He's going to show up right now. I remember when He showed up he showed up every time I've ever needed Him. He's going to show up right now. Right now, I remember it and I refuse to let it go. He was there then. He's right here. Tears is my food. He's right here, right now. Let me ask you a question. You answer this by raising your hand. How many of you, you have a story about when God showed up in your life? Just raise your hand if that's you. You got a story about when God provided, He came through, He showed up. Raise your, raise your hand real loud like you're proud and you're pumped that He showed up. Look at all these hands. All these stories of just God showing up, right? Now let me ask you this question, and I wonder if you'll be honest with me. My hand's already up, all right? I'm getting this one started. I wonder if you'll answer this one by raising your hand. How many of you would admit, you know what, there are times when I struggle whether or not He's going to show up. I have a hard time sometimes believing, right? Look at all that. Look at all that right there. Thank you. Look, look at that. See, in those moments when it's hard to believe that He's going to show up, what you do when, when, when that inner dialogue starts and it says, He's never going to show up. He's never going to come through. He's not going to provide. He's never going to make a way for you. What you do is you remember a specific time when He did show up. And so that inner dialogue starts. He's never going to come through for you. He's never going to provide. He's abandoned you. Listen, in that moment, what you do is you say to yourself, Self, you've got to talk to yourself this way. Self, Romans 8.28 says that God works all things together for the good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. I remember a time when God made a situation that looked like it had no hope filled with hope. I remember a time when it looked, I was in a situation and it looked like it wasn't good and God made it good. So because He showed up then, He's going to show up now. Every time that happens, you bring to your mind something specific. Don't give in to that dialogue that says, it's over, He's abandoned you. You just start speaking to yourself every time He showed up. Remember when He showed up. You preach to yourself when God showed up in your life. Let's do number two. Number two. Second area you need to preach to yourself. Oh, this is, this is good, man. You need to key in right now. Second area you need to preach to yourself. You need to preach to yourself... Preach to yourself about everything God says about the things you struggle with. 
Preach to yourself what God says about the things that you struggle with. See, you struggle with stuff, right? right? You struggle with stuff, right? I mean, we all know your friends have told us, and we all know your problems. We see what you're putting on Facebook, and it's freaky. It's disgusting, um, right? You've got issues, right? Some of you, your issues have issues, right? You struggle with stuff. What you do with those things that you struggle with, those things that rear their ugly head in your life every day, what you do is you get what God says about those things into you, and every time they show up, you speak what God says about what that thing that you struggle with. That's why Jesus, remember Jesus when he was in the wilderness tempted by the devil? And the devil tries to tempt Jesus. What does Jesus do every time the devil tempts him? He quotes scripture. He quotes scripture. You get what God says into you about what God says about what you struggle with. Let me give you some examples of this just so that I can try to help this uh, click for you. Let's, let's talk this way. Um, lust. Lust. You're here and you struggle with lust. You've seen Magic Mike like two or three times already. You've pre-ordered the DVD on Amazon. You're just praying they come out with a 3D version. You know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> You've read the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy six times. Welcome to Summit. Right? Glad you're here. Right? Let's talk about this. Lust. Lust. Let's talk about it. And listen, listen. Listen, it's not a guy's issue. This is a men and women issue. It's a men and women issue. The body count is high from people that have that have fallen and shipwrecked their life because they gave in to sexual temptation. That's why next week we're starting a series called Landmines. We're talking about the stuff that's underneath the surface of our lives that if we don't deal with it could take us out. One sermon in that series is about sexual sin. One whole sermon. Because i got too many pastor friends that got blowed up because of this right here. And some of you, you're in bondage to it. All right? But let's talk about it. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not just a guy. It's a men and women issue. Fantasies, pornography... You and that guy, that woman at the office, you're exchanging text messages, Facebook messages, emails, and you're justifying it, right? They make you feel special in a way that your husband hasn't made you feel in years. And you know, and more importantly, God knows, it's crossing the line. It's crossing the line. So what do you do if you struggle in that area with lust, with, with sexual sin? Here's what you do. You get what God says about that in to you. You make it a part of your DNA. So let me give you an example. This is going to be up on the screen. Look, Matthew chapter 5, 28 through 30. This is what Jesus says. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That's hardcore. Right? Got real quiet in here all of a sudden. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Now listen, here's what Jesus is not saying. Jesus is not saying, hey, if you struggle with internet pornography, just tear out your right eye. That's not what he means. Why? Because you've got a left eye. You can do all kinds of freaky stuff with the left eye. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you cut off one hand, you still got one hand. And my goodness, we know some of you. Right? That's not what he means. Here, here's what he means. We're having fun. Right? Because you can feel the tension. Some of you are like, man, I've got 50 shades of gray open right now. Um, right? Praise God. I just love the Lord. Um, this is a good time. 
Here's what he means. He doesn't mean, hey, just tear your eye out. Here's what he means. You do whatever it takes to get this out of your life because if, you if you don't take it down, it'll take you down. You hear that, teenagers? You hear that? You don't deal with this. You come along with some friends, some guy, some girl wants you to sell yourself out for a few moments of cheap pleasure. What you do is you get into your DNA that Jesus says, do not go down that path because if you go down that path, it'll destroy everything God wants for you, everything good that God has for your life. And so in that moment when desire and temptation come up and you know it's sinful, you know it's leading you away from God, you say to yourself and you say, I am not selling out to that. I am not giving into that because Jesus... Jesus is better than five minutes or a few seconds of pleasure. I would rather have Him than anything that the world can give me. And you say to yourself, and you'll have victory. You say that to you over and over. Every time it shows up, every time it shows up, you say it to yourself. Maybe, maybe it's not lust. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's depression. Now listen, listen, don't leave today. I'm not saying at all that if, you're, if you struggle with depression, I am not saying that all you've got to do is memorize a Bible verse and you'll be okay. Absolutely not. In no way, shape, or form. That is a big struggle. You need to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to deal with that, okay? But I want to say this to you. Don't underestimate the power of the Word of God in your life. Don't underestimate it. So, 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 you're, so you're at a place, man, you're just, you're just bound, it feels like, by depression. What do you do? Psalm 42, verse 5, I think it's going to be up on the screen. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? I'm not even reading the rest, just this next phrase. Hope in God. That's all you need. If, it's easier to kill yourself. It's easier to end it all. It's easier to stay in bed and pull the covers over your head and just give in to that dark desire of, and, and feelings of depression. If all you've got is hope in God, just say it to yourself over and over and over, and maybe it'll give you the strength to get one foot out of bed that day. And, and, and victory might come, and God might begin to work in your life. But when it comes, or whatever it is that you struggle with, when it comes, you get what God says about it in to you. Get whatever God says about it in to you. I'll give you an example, I'll, I'll give you an example from my life, just how this is working out for me. Um, I'll just be really honest with you. Man, so one of the things I struggle with a lot are thoughts, negative thoughts of insecurity. A, a huge, insecurity is a huge deal in my life. Walk around all the time. Mark, summit's going to fail. Mark, nobody's going to come. Mark, you're going to mess this up. It's, it's never going to work out. Mark, what God wants to do in your life is never going to happen. Man, those thoughts just over and over and over and over and over. And about two weeks ago, God just really gripped my heart and said, you need to stop listening to yourself. You need to start talking to yourself, and you need to put some of my word in you to attack that. And so I just memorized Psalm 138, verse 8. And Psalm 138, verse 8 says that you will fulfill your purpose for me. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. So, so when that thought comes, it's over, you're going to mess it up, I just say back to it, no, I won't, because God says in the Bible that He will fulfill His purpose for me. He just keeps pursuing me. He's not going to forsake what He started in me. Devil, you're a liar. Mark, you're a liar. God is the one who can't lie. You just talk to yourself this way. You've got to talk to yourself this way. Let me give you one more. Let me give you one more, and then we'll wrap this up, okay? Preach to yourself who you are in Christ. Preach to yourself who you are in Christ. Too many Christians walk around with no joy, just feeling defeated all the time. Their circumstances are bigger than God. They've got no clue at all about who they are in Christ. 
That's why, that's why I love what he does in Psalm 42. There, at the end of that verse there, verse 5, he says that God is my salvation. Here I am, I'm in the midst of depression, but I'm saved. God owns me. God loves me. What's he doing? He's reminding himself about who he is in Jesus. Some of you, you just need to know who you are. That thoughts come into your mind. That inner dialogue starts about that thing you did years ago. Some of you, this is you every single day. God's never going to forgive you for that. Remember that when you did that? God thinks about it every day and He's angry. He'll never forgive you for that. Listen, if that's you and that thing in your past keeps coming up every day, over and over, what you do, every time it comes up, you quote back to it. You say to yourself, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I am not condemned for that in my past. What I did was forgiven. He's bigger than that. That thought of condemnation, it is of the devil because Jesus was condemned for me. I'm forgiven. You say it every time. Every time. Maybe you're here and you struggle with the thought that you're never going to change. You'll always struggle with that issue. You'll always be stuck right where you're at. If that's you, then you say back to yourself something like 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. So when that thought comes, you're never going to change. You're always going to be this way. No, it's, no, I'm not. I'm already different. I'm already a new creation because I'm in Christ and the old has passed. The new has come. Maybe you're here and you struggle with thoughts of loneliness. Nobody cares about you. Nobody gives a rip about your life. If that's you, John 15, 15, you are a friend of God. Listen, I don't care if the world walks away from you. You've got the one person that ultimately matters, Jesus Christ, who will never leave you. You, listen, maybe you're here and you look at your life. I don't have any purpose. I don't have any direction. God doesn't want to do anything through me. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. You've got a purpose. God's got it. And He's going to fulfill it in and through your life. Listen, maybe you're here. Maybe you're here. And you feel like God's called you to something that's too big for you to pull off. And so you look, God, I can't do that. And the inner dialogue says you're never going to do that. God's never going to do that in your life. It's too big. Listen, if that's you at that moment, you just say to yourself, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're right, devil, this is too big, but not for Jesus, and he's got my back. We're doing this. You, you talk to the devil this way because he's, he's already been beaten. You talk to yourself this way. Because in Christ you're free. Listen, 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 listen. What God says about you is the truest thing about you. See, I don't know if you realize it or not. I don't know if you realize it or not. The Bible describes your relationship with Jesus like it's a fight. Did you know that? Like a fight. And I'm not talking some weak high school fight where it's just like slap and run. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking that. I'm talking UFC in the octagon blood on the mat. You know what I mean? Fight. Fight. It's a fight. Fight the good fight is what the Bible says. And listen, the battlefield of the fight is in your mind. And you get one weapon in that fight. The Bible. Ephesians chapter 6 says that the Bible is the sword of the Spirit. See, a lot of, too many Christians walk around like the Bible's not a sword. They walk around, they can quote some Bible. They've got Christian coffee mugs, you know, with some verses planted on it with some flowers. Look, that's cute, right? You've got some of that stuff, right? 
They can talk about the Bible until the cows come home, but inside they're filled with fear, anxiety, depression. So instead of the Bible being a sword, the Bible really kind of looks like this. Right? Let me ask you a question. Look at me right now with this knife. Is this intimidating? Are you freaking out right now? Right? This is exactly how a lot of Christians just treat the Bible. Right? Our God says don't be afraid 365 times. But I'm really freaking out. So he says it, but I just doesn't, doesn't impact my fear. It doesn't impact my anxiety. God says that he loves me, but I feel like everybody, even him, hates me. I just, I just don't believe him. See, this is, this is not a sword. This is not a sword, all right? This is a sword. Front row is freaking out. This is a sword. What do you do with a sword? You kill things with it. You, you take a sword and you run it through your enemy. And that's what God wants you to do with the Bible. See, God says that the Bible is a sword. It's a weapon. And what do you do with that weapon? You take that weapon and you run it through everything that wants to stand up against what God wants to do in and through your life. So you take the sword of the Spirit and whatever it is that's an issue in your life, you speak against it. Every time you think that God's left your life, you speak against it. Every time you feel like you are not new, that you're not forgiven, you speak against it. You stand on the sword that is the Word of God. And don't let the devil and don't let yourself move you away from what God has said. Don't ever let anybody move you away because the truest thing about you is what God says about you. So here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Let me, let me get every Christian in the room. Let me get your attention. What is the one thing in your life that you struggle with on a daily basis? What is the one thing in your life that rears its head in your life every day? What is it? Now you're looking at your life, maybe you're thinking, wow, there's so many. Maybe. Let's just pick one. What is it? What's the one thing? What's the one thing that you would love to begin to see some victory in? What's the one thing you'd love to begin to see some steps forward over? What is it? Name it. Name it. And today, in just a few minutes, I'm going to challenge you to go to God in prayer and to say, God, today, today, I want to begin to fight that area. And before you go to bed tonight, I want to challenge you to go to the Word of God and get what God says about you Get what God says about that thing inside of you. That one thing that you struggle with, that one thing that's just been knocking you down over and over, today is the day you begin to take some steps forward in that area. Some of you are here, though, and you are not a Christian, and you know it. And you've been listening to this, and maybe you've been coming to Summit for a while now, or maybe this is your first time, and the whole time you've been saying to yourself, God doesn't love you that way. God can't forgive you. God couldn't do that in your life. That's not what God says. God says that He does love you. In fact, He loves you so much, He sent Jesus to die for you so that you could be forgiven right now. Maybe you're saying to yourself, yeah, I need to go clean myself off first. That's not what God says. God says that Jesus did that for you. 
that Jesus took all of your sin on Himself on the cross so that right there where you sit with all of your baggage, you can be forgiven. God says that today you can leave a different person than you were when you came in. God says that right now all things can be made new in your life. You are not the exception. You are the one I'm talking to. You are the one that He came for. And this is your day. It's not next week. It's not next month. God's at work in your life. Maybe you're here just checking this out. Don't stop what God wants to start in your life. Today is the day when you begin a relationship with Jesus. And all you need to do is go to Him and say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Save me. I want to live for You. That's all you need to do. If you respond to Jesus in that way, then He will come in and radically change your life. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, I pray right now that Jesus, You would just move in hearts. I know You already are. Pray that you'd speak to a lot of people specifically right now. Jesus, I thank you that the most powerful person in the, in the room is you. And your word is living and active. It's a sword that's sharper than anything we can imagine. So God, just deal with us. Christians, let me ask you a question with every head bowed, every eye closed. Did God lay on your heart or do you already know that one thing in your life that you'd like to see victory over? Do you know that one thing? Listen, here's all I'm asking you to do today. If you're here, Christians, listen to me. If you're here and you know that one thing, Mark, there's this one thing in my life that I would really like to start dealing with. God is really speaking to me about it. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Raise your hand. God is laying that one thing on my heart right now. Hands are going up all over the room. This is awesome. This is awesome. Anybody else, your hand, just raise it up. God, God, there's this thing. And today, today, anybody else? Praise God. You can put your hands down. Anybody else? Anybody else? You'd say, Mark, there is this one thing. God is talking to me about it. Today's the day I want to see some steps forward. Listen, if you just raised your hand, it's not going to automatically happen. You need to get what God says about it into you. Do it before you go to bed tonight. Maybe you're here, though, and you know that you're not a Christian. And today you need to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Today you can be saved and made new. And if that's you, then I want to invite you right there where you sit to pray and to ask Jesus into your life. You just pray this prayer. You just say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Save me. Make me new. I give my life to you. I want to follow you. I love you. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, that's the most important decision you have ever made and will ever make in your life. And I want to I give you a challenge to make it public. If that's you today, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I count to three, if you prayed that prayer, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, would you just raise your hand? As soon as I say three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Hands are going up in the back. There are two hands in the back. Praise God. Anybody else? Anybody else? You'd say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ today. Today it starts. God, I thank You for today. God, I thank You that, Jesus, Your Word is more powerful than anything we could ever dream. So, God, let us live by it. Let us love it. As we walk away and we end this series, God, don't let this truth walk away from us. Jesus, we love You. In Your name, amen. Church, let's praise God for today. Listen, what an awesome, awesome thing. And, and listen, listen, if you just prayed 
to receive Christ and give Him your life, listen, God wants you to make that public. And we want to know about it. And so would you flip your connection card over and there's a box on the back that says, I've get, I gave my life to Christ. Check that box. You can give it in the, uh, the offering plate as it goes around or give it to the uh, table out there if you're a first-time guest. We want to know about it because God's just started something in you and He wants you to make it known. Alright? If you need to be baptized, whatever that decision is, we want to know about it today. I believe that God has done some really significant things in this room. This was not a normal Sunday for anybody in the room today. I think that it was a big day and uh, it's just an awesome thing to be uh, in, in God's presence. So, hey, right now we are going to receive our offering. Our ushers are going to go ahead and take their place. So, guys, if you would go ahead, men and women, whoever's going to help us with their offering this morning. And you can make any preparations you need to right now for our offering. Any preparations you need to make uh, and you give as God leads you to give today. Because we give because God has given to us. Uh, he loved us so much, the Bible says in John 3.16, that He gave His Son. And so that's why we give, because of what He's done. Uh, those connection cards, if you could drop those in the offering plates, but if you're a first-time guest, remember, hang on to them, visit the table out there in the lobby to your right, okay? We've got a free gift for you, give us those cards. Hey, guys, love you. We are so pumped that you came today. Next week we start a brand new series called Landmines. It's going to be a phenomenal time, all right? I'm going to pray. Our ushers are going to take up the offering, and then our band's going to dismiss us, all right? So, so just sit back for a little bit, relax. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. God, bless our offering. Father, we worship you with what you have given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, you go ahead and begin to pass those offering plates around. And, and I want to give you a challenge before I take a step off the stage as we're receiving our offering today. Uh, next week, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Maybe you know somebody that used to come to Summit and they haven't been in a long time. I want to challenge you to reach out to them in the next week. I want to challenge you to reach out to them and try to get them to come back. They need the Landmines series, and so do you. So our ushers are receiving our offering, and then our guys are going to play it in just a few moments. They're going to dismiss you. Hey, love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you next week.